Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. On this week's episode, we have a special guest by the name of Jarvis Lawhorn, who is a small business owner of Jarvis Lawhorn Weddings and Events and also one of our former students at FIU. Hi, Jarvis. Hi, Lourdes. Hi, Kathy. And hi, Natalie. How are you? So happy to be here today. So happy to be here today. Oh, we're happy to have you, Jarvis. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Of course, of course. So our first question for our listeners is to go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to your current positions and your roles. Okay, so uh, my name is Jarvis Lawhorn. I am a proud alumni of FIU uh, School of Hospitality. I completed my degree um, in communications with a minor hospitality, actually, in December of 2016. Um, I am a small business owner. I established Jarvis Lawhorn Weddings and Events in December of 2017. And as of right now, we've done a total of maybe about 10 events under um, my business name. During my time at FIU, I actually was able to have a great internship with um, Mindy Wise, who's one of the world's most biggest wedding planners. And it really did set off my journey to actually be in the, in the current role that I am in now. I actually was the conference concierge at the Mandarin Orient to Miami. I was honored to have that job uh, be bestowed upon me actually three months after I completed my, um, my educational endeavors at FIU. And I've been honored to work in the hospitality field within the hotel um, industry for three years. Um, due to COVID, unfortunately, um, we were laid off, but um, they're doing the process of doing rehiring as of now, and I am working full-time doing Jarvis Lawhorn's weddings and events. Jarvis, thank you so much for that amazing intro, and honestly, anytime Lourdes um, and I and Natalie, but I know, you know, for Lourdes and I, when we see one of our babies come through our podcast, it's very a powerful mama moment. So I'm over here Aww. smiling, smiling like this. <laughs> I remember 2017, because I kept messing with you and I was like, listen, when my wedding comes, don't get big yes. and give me this non-family discount, okay? Girl, um, you still got it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. We'll talk about it later. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> okay. I look forward to it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, you did share with us your amazing growth and, you know, path through the events world. And you also share with us, you know, how you got the position of Mandarin Oriental, but unfortunately due to the pandemic, you know, there has, which has affected so many of our industry partners and our students and yeah. our alumni in various sectors, specifically in the events. So yeah. what would you, or what could you say to students and alumni that want to pursue a career in special events, especially during this time. I have a two-part question. And then my second part to that question would be like, and what tips could they, what tips could you provide to them for them to continue to sharpen their skills and eventually get back into the events industry when it bounces back? Right. What I would say for um, those students or alumni 
who are working or are currently desire to work in the events industry, hospitality industry during the pandemic. One thing I would say is to be patient. Our industry will come back. It will come back very different from the way we have known it in the past, but it will come back and it will come back with a vengeance. So I would say definitely stay patient. Always um, look for opportunities to sharpen your skills, whether it be um, reading the uh, CDC guidelines on, on, on micro events. Now they're doing micro weddings, micro meetings, which um, require a different level of skill setting to be able to have a successful event. And I would just say, um, continue to go after your dream. Don't let your dream die because our industry has been hit because of the pandemic. I think of anything, we all have learned a valuable lesson. And I think that is for us now to take what we've learned and apply it. So that way, if something like this happens again, we are more prepared, we're more, pre we're more prepared in our minds and we're more prepared in skill sets to be able to move forward where we don't have to have maybe a complete shutdown of the hospitality and events world like we've seen during this um, COVID pandemic. As far as the second question, can you repeat it just so I can, I can know how to target it? Of course, and you kind of touch on it a little bit, but you know, I feel like a lot of students and alumni right now who want to go into events, they're kind of at a standstill, right? Some of them may right. be trying to continue to motivate themselves. So right. I wanted you, with your expertise and also, you know, with what you're doing, what tips would you provide to them to continue to kind of like sharpen their skills? And, um, you know, I always tell people, you never stop learning, right? Um, right, you so definitely never stop. Do, right, absolutely. What they could do to, until the events industry bounces back. What I would say is to continue to try to network as much as possible. A lot of wedding planners, a lot of event planners, and a lot of uh, hotel workers are, you know, currently furloughed um, or laid off at this particular time. Try to connect with some of them and to see uh, as far as the positions that you desire to work in within the field to get a little bit of advice on how they have been um, successful prior to the pandemic in that particular field. Also, a lot of event planners are not able to be able to afford uh, to pay for staffing for a lot of these micro weddings because the guest list for the weddings has went from being 250 people to now being only 30. And sometimes you may have to step out of your comfort zone to maybe take a Saturday or a Friday gig from an event planner that you desire to work with and just go and work for them and see how they are operating um, within the new guidelines as far as um, the events industry is concerned. I know that I've had the privilege of maybe doing about four to five weddings um, during this time, and it's definitely a difference. So I would say definitely go after some of the event planners that are doing some smaller events and see if you can come on board just to get a feel of what the new normal is for the hospitality and event planning world. That's what, that's the best advice I would say. Great. What great advice. Thank you for sharing that with our students and alumni. Um, so as an event planner, what is the most expensive wedding you've put together and why was it so expensive? Oh, wow. Okay. So <laughs> I would probably say that um, my next production is by far my most expensive wedding. 
Um, it is for an amazing client. They are actually um, African-American jewelers. And they were set originally to be married um, September 20th. But they are now getting married um, February 21st of 2021. And actually, the wedding is um, being planned and hosted at actually the Mandarin Oriental Miami. I was able to secure the wedding um, there when I was currently employed with them. And I um, was going to be taken off of the wedding as a managerial uh, role. And I therefore became the client as the wedding planner. So I am very, very proud of that wedding that is due to be held February 21st. And that wedding right now, a budget projection is about $120,000. The reason why that wedding is uh, so expensive is because, of course, we're hosting it at the Mandarin, and the Mandarin does have a very high price point per person. But the overall production of the wedding is um, very extravagant. They're doing draped ceiling, uh, draped walls, I would say. They're doing uh, extensive lighting. They're doing... Um, extensive florals they are doing amazing cuisine a, a premier bar service so that wedding is definitely at the high end luxury uh, price tag um of maybe like a hundred thousand dollars as of now and actually is growing every day um they're having about 200 people and of course we're now um seeing about the process of doing the social distancing so of course with the pandemic, uh, cost actually has gone up because you have to have the tables where they only can, you usually can sit 10, now you have to only sit six and you have to have everything spread out six feet apart. So that wedding will be by far under my personal own company name will be by far my most expensive one. The last one that I did was roughly about, maybe about $55,000. Wow, $120,000. That is yeah. crazy. And growing, and growing, I would say. <laughs> and 200 people drivers? I couldn't even get 75 to come to mind. I'm just joking. <laughs> 200, <laughs> 200. It's, um, we've been planning now for a year. Um, it's been an amazing experience. It's amazing to be able to have, finally have that client that can spare really no expense to have their dream wedding. And um, they've actually just really been a joy to work with. Even with all the hiccups with the pandemic, they've kept a positive mindset. And the, the, we, I've tried to really make the planning of that wedding a smooth a process, even though we are going through a, a, a global pandemic. Of course, of course. Well, so my next question for you, Jarvis, is yes. um, you have a lot of experience doing a lot of events and weddings and um i know that you've also worked on events with uh chris weinberg yes so. oh my god love her love oh. her that's so my favorite you... one of my favorite girls oh well for our listeners um yeah. can you kind of expand on your experience working with her and sure. what it was kind of like working alongside someone with such a famous and prestigious name attached Sure. So it's funny how I met um, Chris Reinberg. Was, actually, I met her at Engage. I actually was an invited guest um, from Mindy Wise and also um, Jose Gratterall, who is an amazing, amazing floral designer here in Miami. I was their invited guest to go to Engage. And um, Mindy did a presentation where she actually explained 
the story of how I met her and how I did an internship with her. And Chris Reinberg actually reached out to me as far as me being an intern for her. I was still actually a student at FIU um, during that time. And actually, I didn't realize that she was as prominent as she was until I started working for her. And um, I was able to gain an internship with her and work with her. And actually, I actually still um, do freelance event planning actually for Chris Reinberg. Um, I did an event with her a couple of months ago, her first uh, bar mitzvah. Um, during the pandemic. Um, working with her is amazing. She's definitely very trendy. Um, she's definitely very cutting edge. And she always puts on amazing events. And they're very, very, um, she has mastered how to brand an event without making it look too corporate. Um, that can kind of sometimes be a little tricky when you have the monogram or when you have a logo. But her and her team uh, that has Cheryl and Sam and herself, they have mastered how to brand an event in a very classic and elegant way. Um, how is it working with her as far as being famous? I mean, she's just normal. She's just a normal girl who loves doing events and loves making her clients happy. And she um, offers her, her staff a, a very stress-free environment, even though the event planning work can be stressful at times, she makes it very stress-free with you knowing the information that you need to know to be able to have a successful event. And she is one of, um, one of my favorite event planners to do freelance work with. Jarvis, thank you so much. It's so funny when you're talking about Chris. Um, I, she's one of like, I'm gonna say this, I don't care. She, y'all know I'm crazy. She's one of my favorite employers that actually works, one of them. So there's a lot of y'all that, that are my favorites too. But the reason <laughs> why, because I'm not trying to get, but no, honestly, the reason why is you said it, like she's so down to earth. And I always so down to earth. the girls is like, I've, I've actually seen her offsite from, you know, from the campus and we're running to each other and she's like, Kathy. So I was like, either she just has an amazing memory, but she'll pick up from like where we talked and, I feel like that's She's so amazing. Great. She is. And sometimes you see people that, you know, are very successful. And sometimes I feel like they're not just as grounded, but she never loses, loses that human touch. And I feel like I can see why, you know, definitely she's definitely been an inspiration, you know, from conversations that we talk with, yes. as well as Mindy as well, too. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. She never loses that personal touch. And she, yeah. she has given me so much valuable advice that I would have had to probably pay somebody to tell me that, she gives it to me uh, for the free. And she has by far, she's one of, one of, the, one of my go-to planners that I go to for advice and strategizing and, hey, do you like this and do you like that? She's amazing and I'm so happy that she's been able to connect with FIU, um, you know, and bringing in a lot of your students into her company and doing yeah. internships. And sometimes that relationship expands for us being able to do a lot of freelance event planning work with her after we've already solidified our own companies or working with another entity, still being able to work with her even after the internship is over. Cool, that She's is amazing. absolutely true. She is, she is. Now, talking kind of going back to the, your events and with all your experience, now we yeah. always joke around and say that not every client, just like not every guest is the same, right? So. Right. I'm sure that you've had some amazing, wonderful, and I'm sure all your clients are great. But they are. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, or can you tell us about a time that you had to deal with a difficult client and kind of how did everything end 
um, you know, what was the result? I would say, um, I would say I've been blessed to have amazing clients, um, clients that I've actually um, been able to keep a, a friendship and a, and a business relationship with even after the, um, the event is, is over. I will say that I had a client um, that, I, that I found to be a little bit difficult um, in the planning of their wedding where they did not quite understand why they had to spend a certain amount of money to achieve the overall vision of the wedding. They had this vision of wanting to have an extravagant wedding, but maybe they didn't budget the correct way to be able to make that successful. And it just became to be an overall, a overall real nightmare in the planning. Um, once I was able to let them know, listen, this is your vision and it's going to cost this, that, and the other. Once I gave them an idolized breakdown of why it was costing this money for what they wanted for this element of the wedding, once we were able to get them to fully understand that, con that concept of when you're having rented tables or when you're having rented chairs, that is not coming directly from the venue. You're bringing these in from different company, rental companies, and you have to pay their fee. That fee is not going to be able to be negotiated because they have to bring it from their warehouse. They have to have a labor fee and all of that attached to the bill. Once I was able to get them to understand that, the planning process ran really smoothly, and their wedding actually became one of the biggest ones that I've done to date. Um, within my company. So I think it's all about communication with the difficult clients. Sometimes they don't always understand the back end of why they are paying certain fees and certain costs for certain things. Mm -hmm. But I feel that if you communicate that with the client early on, well, you want this vision and it's going to require A, B, and C. And if you don't, if we're not able to achieve A, B, and C, we may have to go to D because maybe that fits a little bit more in your price range. Once you get them to understand that, I tend to feel like the client um, pretty much goes with it or they will avert to go to, you know, D and keep the relationship, you know, the planning relationship kind of smooth. Um, but I think everything in our field is communication. If you communicate effectively and you, and you, and you always look at what's in the best interest of your client and achieving what they want to achieve within the price point that they can fit in and feel comfortable with, the planning runs smoothly. So I would say that that probably was the most difficult client that I have. But um, to this day, I'm still very, very good friends with the client. And, um, you know, we were able to achieve and give them a beautiful, beautiful wedding. But she just couldn't understand why she had to pay certain prices for certain things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Communication is definitely key, the key. So you raised previously about one of your client's wedding when you talked about the most expensive wedding you put together or are putting together. So yes. I wanted to know, what does your dream wedding look like? Oh and my God. <laughs> that, is so, that is so funny. <laughs> I get, you know, I actually get this question all the time, even from, from all of my clients. They're like, well, what would you have as, as, a, as a dream wedding? Um, to be honest, to, <laughs> that is a hard question. Because <laughs> I've worked on so many weddings. But I would say my dream wedding would be the classic all-white wedding. 
Um, I would want all white florals. I I love the all white wedding. It will be um, probably within a tent. I would probably want to have a tinted reception. I would want to have it draped. I would want to have greenery. And I would want to have a a, a, a a ton of crystal, Baccarat crystal chandeliers. I am the biggest fan of the chandelier look. So I would want chandeliers. I would want to have fine cuisine. Um, I would want to have an amazing DJ and an amazing orchestra. I would probably want guests to, if I did it on a, in, a, in a field where they had trees, I probably even would want to have um, chandeliers hanging from the trees with, with harpists playing. And I would just want to have an amazing party. Amazing party. Probably include a, maybe a man-made pond with some swans, like from the Sex in the City um movie <laughs> and i would i would just want to have the dream with it. i would want to have something that that um i've probably never seen before and i've seen some pretty incredible weddings so i would definitely have to one up everything that i've seen <laughs> jarvis i'm laughing and i'm snapping my fingers because i remember us this conversation that we had walking back from starbucks and i think <laughs> i said it hey you said kathy you know, be ready for my wedding. And I'm like, yes. Be ready, girl. honey. It's going to listen. It will, be the, it will be hands down the wedding of the century. I don't know who I would get to plan it, but I probably would have a little bit of Mindy, a little bit of Chris, a little bit of Gertie, a little <laughs> bit of Andy, a little bit of Jeff Letham and Mark Garden. I mean, I want the who's who. I want the whole, I don't want to just have one wedding plan. I want everybody to give me like, different elements here and there it'll definitely be uh the wedding of the year and i mean oh my god what would what would we wear and what would the bride wear i mean i probably want to have my hands <laughs> in on all of it <laughs> for well, sure well you know what i will be ready you just need to let me know when so i can snatch myself together um listen, but we'll be listen, ready if I, if I can find her and um <laughs> and she can let me do what i want to do with this wedding then let me tell you something that we have a deal. We have a deal. We're just going to have to come up with the money to be able to make it happen. Actually, Michelle uh, Regano, she's a really big um, destination wedding planner. She actually did a wedding recently in Indiana that was a COVID wedding, but it was really, really big. If you go and look at her page on Instagram, that's my dream wedding. She just okay. did it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where I we I don't know about the part two of finding her, but we go. I'm I'm gonna work on everything else. I'm gonna go on that web page and I'm gonna get the waist yes, tonight and Regano. Yes, we'll find that white dress, okay? But I'm gonna look up. Yes, honey, and the bride had on a custom Monique Lulier, honey, and she was everything. So that wedding was amazing. So if by far if you want to get inspiration on what my dream wedding to be, <laughs> that one is that one is probably up to the top of the list. Okay, okay, I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that out now. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going into a topic unfortunately that is not so light but it is motivating i'm sure yeah. that you know you've been seeing that not only have we been um i would say kind of dealing with the pandemic but then also with a lot of the unfortunate and social justice and things that's been going on especially with the black lives matter movement but yeah. in return with that we have seen that a lot of companies have been stepping up or kind of coming out with saying what are there going to be now their initiatives to provide more equality and and you know and things like that so forth for diverse ethnicities specifically specifically for you know blacks 
Now, what are your thoughts on the you know representation and the current movement of diversity and inclusion and equality initiatives within organizations and companies? Um, what I would say, as far as our industry is concerned, sure, we could do that. We can spend it on that one. Absolutely. But I would, I would, I would say, um, from from my standpoint as being a um, excuse me, a, a, a African American, of course, um, black young um young uh, young professional in our industry i would say that i've always um felt that that my race wasn't fully um i wouldn't say embraced but we were never well represented because in this industry we are not at the top of the of the totem pole as far as holding leadership positions in the events planning and hospitality world so i would say that first I would say that um, I feel that a lot of a lot of um, companies have stepped up in making it known that they support um, minorities, whether they be black, whether they be Hispanic, or whether they be of Cuban descent. They have definitely taken a much uh, pressing role now to to put forth that they support um, minorities in a bigger way. Um, I just would want to see it continue past this point. I would want to see us definitely be recognized for our talents and what we contribute to the industry because we definitely uh, influence a lot of trends. Minorities um, definitely have a different way of doing things sometimes than, than our other counterparts, and we definitely create the trend. So I would like to see us get the well-deserved recognition that we deserve and also get the equal pay that we deserve and really, really, um, and really be able to shine within our market as um, our other counterparts have kind of shined in the past. That's what I would say. I love it. And I agree. Thank you so much, Jarvis. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I know that's a very touchy, touchy subject, but that's what I would say. I would just want to see us be able to take a take a more pressing leading role in being recognized for what we bring to the table because we do bring a lot of trendy things to the table that I feel that sometimes is kind of brushed under the rug and we don't get recognized for it. Absolutely. No, that happens every single day. So I agree with you 100%. Um, so one of my close friends is getting married um, actually next month. Um, oh, wow. Yes. And um, she originally was going to have buffet style serving. So I'm a little scared. Mm -hmm. We'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, girl. I hear may you. not be eating. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> can you um, share some tips or suggestions for someone, perhaps maybe like my friend who wants to have um, a special event or wedding during uh, this time or during COVID? Right. What I would say, the first thing I would say is to tell her not to have the buffet. Um, I, I feel that that's not the safest thing to do because you have to think about everyone is in a state right now where they're not fully uh, comfortable being in close contact and having people breathe and, you know, and serve with their food. So I would say the first thing that she should consider to do a more sit-down dinner a lot of venues and a lot of hotel establishments are not doing buffet. They are forcing you to do the sit-down dinner, even to the point where they are actually 
hand passing um, the bar, the bar, the bar beverages. So I would say that she should definitely look into that because to make sure that it's in guidelines with the CDC as of now. As far as um, planning a wedding in the midst of COVID, I actually did one in, in September. And first, what, what I would say is definitely reach out to your guests and get their contact information. The venues are now requiring that the planners and the clients provide every guest contact information, whether it would be their address and their telephone number along with their name because the hotel and the venue is now required to give the client and the planner a list of everyone that is working the event. And you have to hand that off to them as well on your, on your guest list as well as your vendors list. Because so just in case there's any incident where someone contracts COVID or gets sick, they know who was at the event and you know, you know who was at the event on their end and they know who was at the event on your end. So they know who to contact. Also include as fun favors, face masks. Um, definitely, I think a trend now, now that we have to wear the facial mask, is having all of the guests wear custom-made masks. Um, and that kind of makes light of the situation. That is a very serious situation, but it makes light of it and it's a great favor component for the guests. Um, Ensure that you can do, of course, the six feet distancing, both with the ceremony seating as well as with the reception. And um, you also need to make sure that you have markings on the dance floor so guests will know where they can dance within six feet of each other. And also another key element is also um, ask your DJ if he can have a plexiglass around him. If he cannot, then the dance floor would have to be pulled six feet from where he's positioned, just so that way there's not too much interaction with the DJ and the guests. So definitely um, review CDC guidelines as far as COVID planning uh, of events is concerned. Definitely make sure that you're within a certain, um, a certain number because still we're still um, only being able to have events that can hold a 50% occupancy for what the maximum count is for the venue. So definitely do your research so that way you don't have any, um, any issues once the day of the wedding comes. Those are some great tips, Jarvis. And my friend actually, so what she's, um, or what the venue has decided to do is rather yes. than everyone going up to the buffet, they're going to have one designated person with a mask and gloves serving you at the buffet line. Awesome, um, awesome. So, awesome. I mean, I'm still a little iffy, but. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But you know what, and then you also could, you know, you maybe could request that, you know, they do yours pre-done, and you would rather it be pre-plated from the back, from the chef yeah. and directly to you. So there's nothing wrong with that. You want to attend the event and you want to have fun, but you also you know, you want to be concerned about your personal space and your personal elements that you just, you know, maybe don't feel comfortable with them doing even in that form. Yeah. So um, it's definitely, you know, different ways of doing it. But I know a lot of venues are now not doing the buffet, um, the buffet stations as much. Yes, agreed. Thank you for sharing those tips and suggestions, Jarvis. You're so welcome. I have a question. Sure. What your company, Jarvis Lawhorn Weddings, 
LLC. We have to add the LLC. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Different from other companies. What I would say that makes uh, Jarvis Lawhorn Weddings and Events LLC um, diff <laughs> uh, different, I would say I am so passionate about what I do. Um, every event that I am blessed to plan and, be and blessed to be a part of, I take it as if that event is my event. It is so personal to me. Um, I try to represent my clients in the best way possible. I try to represent them as if I'm representing, you know, myself. This is my personal family event. Um, so I definitely think what makes it different is I'm very passionate about what I do. I love what I do. Um, I sleep and I eat and I read and I breathe weddings and events. I really feel like God really placed me on this earth to do what I'm doing. Um, no matter the challenges of dealing with the venue or dealing with a difficult client or dealing even with a difficult vendor, I always try to find a safe medium to make it an enjoyable experience for myself while still getting what I'm demanding from, for my clients. But I also do everything with love and with respect. I speak to the vendors just like I speak to my clients. And I speak to the guests just like I speak to the clients. And I just think when you have that passion for something and you love what you do, it that's what makes it beautiful for the client and for the company as a whole to blossom and really become that mega million dollar company or that empire, you know, style company is that you don't lose your passion and your love for it. Once you lose your passion and your love for it, I think that's when you know that it's probably time for you to find something else to do. And you have to love people. And you have to love people. And you have to love people because people can be difficult. <laughs> and they can really, really bring out certain elements in you that you never thought that you would have when you get in stressful situations. So you definitely have to love people and love what you do. And that's what sets Jarvis Lawhorn of weddings and events apart. Thank you, Jarvis, so much for, I would say, showcasing your amazing talent and company. And Thank now so that we're much. coming to this last question, you know, the ladies yes. and I, and I know you two, we're all foodies. We love a good meal. And now yes. the holidays are coming up. So the next one is Thanksgiving. So would you share with us and the audience, what are your top three favorite dishes um, during Thanksgiving to eat? Okay, so I would say that my grandmother's um, macaroni and cheese is at the top of my list. I uh -huh. actually eat her macaroni and cheese at least twice a month. But it's just something about the, the, the Thanksgiving feel that I just love it even more. My grandmother is, um, we always host it bougie, I would say, Thanksgiving, where we have the full <laughs> flatware and, you know, the centerpieces and the candles. So I think I kind of got the element of, of entertaining from her. And from my family, we always, you know, did uh, the holidays in a really, really big way. So definitely my grandmother's macaroni and cheese. I probably would say my mother's collard greens would probably be um, another one at the top of the list. And I would say um, my good friend, Miss Jackie, her lemon pound cake um, is my go-to for Thanksgiving and for all holiday treats. So I would say that her, her, her lemon pound cake is is um is my 
top three um, dishes that I absolutely love. So it would be my grandmother's macaroni and cheese, my mom's collard greens, and my good friend Miss Jackie's her lemon pound cake, which I need to place my order um, this week for that. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Sounds delicious. Thank you for sharing, Jarvis. Yes. So this concludes our interview portion for the podcast. Now yes. we're going straight into our game portion called This or That. Okay. <laughs> All right. Don't I'm, worry. I'm Sorry. Let me explain um, the instructions. <laughs> so I will ask you nine questions and provide yes. you two options for those questions. And you will share with me which option you prefer more, and we'll have 10 seconds to answer each question. Okay, sounds like a deal. Okay, perfect. All right, so I'm gonna begin. Um, seafood or steak? Steak. Okay, Apple, as in, you know, Apple phone, or Samsung Galaxy? Apple, hands down, mm. I can't live without it. <laughs> Long walk on the beach or camping in the woods? Long walks on the beach. I can't stand camping. I tried to do uh, Boy Scouts and I was a disaster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rap and hip hop music or R&B music? Oh my God, that's so hard because I love good trap music. <laughs> um, I would say R&B. Okay. One week without soda or one week without chocolate? Hmm. One week without soda. Okay. Dinner with Beyonce or coffee with Michelle Obama? Ah! <laughs> That's so not fair. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Kathy, you got me with that one, girl. Listen, um, she got me with that one too. <laughs> Well, I would say um, coffee with Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. One week without TV or one week without your phone? Hands down, one week without TV. I can do without the TV. I can't, I can't do without the phone. <laughs> no problem. Forgetting your glasses at home or forgetting your keys at home? Probably forgetting my keys because I need my glasses to see on four eyes. Okay. <laughs> and last one. Would you rather go in the past and meet your ancestors or would you rather go in the future and meet your great great grandchildren? I would probably say go in the past and meet my ancestors. I have some questions that I would like to ask them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, hold on to those questions. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, this I concludes know. our game portion, Jarvis. Thank you so much. Oh, awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. Jarvis, thank you so much again for joining us. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And honestly, it's so crazy. We're so proud of you. And thank we will you so definitely much. no, thank you. And we'll be definitely, you know, catching up with you to come on campus and speak with our students and also, you know, for maybe some event tips in the future. Um, yeah. With that, that concludes our podcast and hope you guys enjoy it and we'll look forward to talking to you guys next time. Bye. 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 -bye.